Welcome to this special edition of Right On Radio, where we're going to talk about money. In fact, we're going to talk about the spirit of money. Right On Radio. Right On Radio. And thank you once again for joining me here on Right On Radio. I am your brother, Jeff, and I am here to serve you today with a great episode on money and something that you've probably never heard about money before. But before I get into that, I just want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and share these episodes on the internet. The more that this information gets around, the more the algorithms of these tech tyranny companies will start to spread it and the truth will get out there. So this is a very special edition of the broadcast because I want to talk about money as money is important to every single person listening. But many people do not understand the truth about money. And I've actually taught for a long time on this. And I'm going to give a 30,000 foot view today on the subject. And in subsequent episodes, I'm going to be diving in a little bit more in detail because there's some really good news towards the end of this. And by the way, uh, even if things don't change in the economy, the economy that you've been told you have to participate in is not really true. There is more than just the choice of socialism or capitalism. There is another economy, and I believe we're coming into something, a very special time in history when you can make a lot of money. So stay tuned. This is going to be some great information for you. And I just want to set the stage with some quotes, some very famous quotes. And these quotes are I've pulled up in particular because they suit the subject matter that I'm going to be talking about. The first one is from P.T. Barnum. You might remember him as the greatest showman and the person who started Barnum and Bailey's Circus, among other things. So he said this, quote, money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. So just think about that. How would money be a master or a servant? Well, we're going to get into that. And here's another one by someone I really like, Dave Ramsey. You must gain control over your money or the lack of it will ever control you. Here's another one by a person named Vicki Robin. If you live for having it all, what you have is never enough. And the last one is from Epictetus. Wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having very few wants. Right on, right on, right on. So as mentioned, I'm going to do an overview here, but you're going to understand some really fundamental things about money that nobody else has ever taught, at least not, not in general. And so I'm going to do a lot of outlining things. And by the way, I'm going to give you five tips that are really, really huge and can change your financial outlook no matter where you're at today before I end this broadcast. So please stay tuned for these because they sound very simple, but they're actually profound. And I know for a fact that they work. So to start off, I just want to say that, you know, we're, when I say the spirit of money, I literally mean the spirit. So spirit 
not being physical. And having said that, this is not a religious sermon. Anyone who knows me knows that I do have a great faith in God, but yet I do not like religion. And I don't think God likes religion either. So you have to understand that there is a spirit world and a physical world. There are two systems operating in parallel. Now, really important to understand, and there's a huge teaching I could do around this, but just as a basic concept, I want you to know that every single thing in the physical world that's made by man was created in the spirit. And just let me define spirit for, for a moment. Now, we can think of spirits as these uh, angel angelic things that fly around or whatever. We can say that we have a spirit inside of us. But I'd also like to just put in front of you, if you have a thought, can you touch a thought? Well, if you cannot touch a thought, could that be spiritual? So yes, I would say indeed a thought is spiritual. So whenever something is created, when Edison created the light bulb, he came up with a thought, an idea, and he started to create from there. So everything is created in the spiritual. That's very important because if you don't like where you're at right now, and I'm not just saying, think I'm gonna be a millionaire and become a millionaire. No, that's false teaching. And I have a lot to say on the false teachers that teach that stuff. But understand that there are spiritual and physical. So if we have the spiritual world and the physical world, for instance, we are a spirit in a physical body. So we're a culmination of the two. But there's also spiritual laws and there's physical laws. If I was to ask you what a physical law is, the most common answer I would receive is gravity. Yeah, gravity is a physical law. What goes up is going to come down. And yeah, that is a physical law of the planet rotating, creating a gravitational force and all kinds of other stuff that's behind it. But that is a physical law. But then if I was asked, what is a spiritual law? Hmm, that gets a bit more interesting because, you know, and, and by the way, the religious and the super spiritual people could say, well, the Ten Commandments are spiritual laws. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. And, uh, and other people, in fact, <laughs> an answer I've heard before is, well, karma's a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that, that could be a spiritual law as well. But it's just really important to know that there are spiritual laws and physical laws, and this is all going to make sense as I go forward in this short presentation. So, also, money is a physical thing. You can hold it in your hand. You can hold a $50 bill or a $20 bill in your hand. But money is also spiritual, and that's what I'm going to teach you about today. I really hope you're going to enjoy this. So just a couple definitions to get us going here. I want to define the difference between money, rich, and wealth. So money is something that, you know, everyone is used to using every single day. Money is treated as an exchange. Over 90% of the population lives in this category where money is just an exchange. 
just making money and exchanging it. Now hear my words as I go forward. Rich is typically in North America defined as a household income over $250,000. So, you know, it might not be that big of a jump for you to be considered rich wherever you live. By the way, in Canada, that would be about $350,000. And someone who is rich would typically have material holdings and their money is working for them and it's adding up. Pay close attention to the word adding. Wealth is generational. And I'm a firm believer that wealth should be generational. There's big problems with policy and governments right now trying to prevent this, uh, except for their elite families. But money is supposed to be generational. In fact, you should be creating enough wealth to pass down three generations in your family. And yes, it is possible no matter where you are in life today. And having wealth usually means, well, almost always it means you have valuable holdings. And listen to this, money is multiplying and there's many sources of it. Now for the believers, I want to give some context here. Because God said you cannot serve both God and mammon. That's a powerful statement when Jesus actually makes that. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So even Jesus is saying there is a spirit of money and its name is mammon. Now, I want to be very, very clear in my understanding of things. This is not to say that you are supposed to be poor. It is not to say that you're supposed to give all to the poor and then be poor yourself. If you want to give all to the poor, that's great. But I believe that as people, we're called to actually manage and steward everything on earth, and we are called to have the greatest riches of all in our lives. So, I just wanted to clarify that. So let's get back to mammon. So mammon being a spirit, what does mammon want? Well, mammon means wealth personified or deified. So if mammon wants to be a god, then mammon wants to be worshipped. How many people in this world worship mammon? Well, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. And if you put money over human life, or if you're willing to backstab and cheat your way, by the way, you can get a lot of money by doing it. Look at most politicians. But if you want to pursue the love of money, you can do very well. But is it worth your soul? I just want to ask you that. And a person driven by greed really does have the love of money. Just think of someone who's a, a paid assassin, for example. A paid assassin will take money to take human life. Or some politicians that just send people into war 
because they want to get defense contracts to their friends. Huh. So the first thing that mammon wants is it wants to be worshipped. The second thing that mammon wants is for you to be a slave. Because the borrower is slave to the lender. You know, most people who are listening to this podcast perhaps own a home or their parents owned a home. And when you own a home, in most cases, you don't actually own it. You have something called a mortgage. It's interesting that everyone's excited when they get their first mortgage. But do we really know what mortgage means? If you take mortgage, it's comprised of two different words. The first word being mort, the second one being gauge. The word mortgage literally means a measure of death. So, how does this all affect us? How does the spirit of money affect us? And how are the ways we can get past it? So here's how it affects us right now. Most of the population just adds some and subtracts, which are working in the physical laws. If you work in the physical laws, everything is controlled by the spirit. You're never going to be able to get ahead. You're just working with what other people who are thinking in the spirit are giving you. So in other words, you're a slave to money. And that means you simply add a paycheck and subtract your debt obligations. This is most people, this is the 90%. But to get riches and wealth, you must work in multiplication and division, which are spiritual laws. Now, this is a huge topic, and I'm just giving an overview right now, but just pay attention to these words because I think that they're very, very important to you. And there are many steps to this, but just know that no matter where you're starting, you can go from having money to being rich to being wealthy. You can. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you five steps, just five steps that are real simple principles. And these five steps can change your life as basic as they sound. So if you can take a minute, get a pen and paper, write them down or re-listen to this broadcast. So the first one is really simple. To follow the spiritual laws, you have to remember the very early days when people just depended on God for the things that they had. And how did they do that? They were good managers of your money. Here is a key sentence in this. So I call it closing your circle in some of my teachings. And I do a deep dive on this and actually provide some spreadsheets and some really great tools for you, but this is an audio only broadcast. So I'm just going to give you the principles. The main principle of this is know how much is enough. Simple. Know how much is enough. You see, the problem is most people, and I'm just going to pick out a round number now. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you have a nice home, you have a nice car, um, life is okay, you know, but then all of a sudden, you get that big promotion 
and your job goes up to $150,000 a year. What do you do? Well, most people go out and buy that new car that they wanted, or finally I can get that dream house and take on so much more debt. No, the exact opposite, my friends. You stay exactly where you are and drive your car an extra two or three years because you got that promotion and because you respect your money. And that, my friends, is how you start to go up the ladder. When the spirit trusts you with some stuff, more opportunities will come your way. Again, spiritual laws govern the physical laws. So know what you need, plan for what you want, use your excess funds in three ways. And this is something that uh, Kurosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad also teaches. Uh, I believe it to be absolutely true. You gotta put aside for a rainy day. You have to make educated investments. And then if it's on your heart, and only if it's on your heart, you should be giving. The second point I want to give you is so incredibly important, and yet many of us don't practice this, but you will after this. I'm trusting that I'm gonna be reaching someone. Someone needs to hear this message today. The step two is to be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. Concentrate on what you have and not your lack. Realize what is truly important to you and love it. Gratitude opens the windows of opportunity and starts to direct your life towards your passions. Wouldn't you rather work towards your passions than working in some area that you're not really pleased with? Well, you're not going to get there unless you're pleased with the circumstances you're in because you're thankful you have a job. Even if it isn't your dream job, be thankful for you have it. And I'm going to repeat this line. Gratitude opens the windows of opportunity and starts to direct your life towards your passions. And of course, be slow to complain and be very quick to compliment. Number three, another really simple, huge concept. You know, without plans, you have plans to fail. And I love strategic planning. Strategic planning is actually one of my favorite things to do. And this touches on it a little bit, but I'm not actually naming strategic planning here. What I call step three is dare to dream. To dream is to have a vision or to plan your destination. How will you get there unless you know what you really want? And don't think it's material things that are gonna make you happy. You'll fall flat on your face with that one. Know what you want and dare to dream. Have that vision, plan your destination. Like a great destination would be, listen, I want to be able to provide for my grandkids. I wanna pass down a legacy in my household. Or it could be just really simple that, you know, I wanna be able to bless someone if someone is in trouble. If it's one of my family members, I want to have enough that our family's going to come through unscathed. And it's really important to say in this dare to dream step that you cannot dream too big. You cannot dream too big. You just have to understand 
in that dream that there's steps to get up there. And don't worry about all the little steps, but you have to be able to realize that you can get there. You can be focused on that and then you can start planning those steps. And step one, by the way, is just to start. Uh, you know what? Another episode of mine, I, I, I developed a, uh, what I call the star achievement system. It's, it's a little planner that I have and it guarantees you accomplish any goal in your life. It's pretty interesting. So you just write something down and you accomplish any goal in your life with a little effort. <laughs> but you do have to put a little effort. You have to start. So one of the biggest things is to start when you're going on that journey towards your big dream. The thing that's going to keep you going in this is understanding your why and your reason to succeed. I know this sounds cliche, but honestly, unless you understand why you're doing it and why that is so important to you, you will not get there. Uh, there's an exercise that I've learned from oh, his name, uh, Dean Graziosi. And he has this great why exercise that I've implemented in with some of the people that I work with. And I had these two guys in particular, I'm not gonna give their names out, but uh, actually I'm gonna just point to one of them. Uh, you know, they've been going through transformational circles for years, like over 30 years. And, you know, they, they've done okay in life and everything. And you know, the one guy, after I did this exercise with them, he said, you know, I finally know what was holding me back. And he went out and within a year, he went and did what he had planned to do for 30 years. And it's because he knew why he needed to do it. And because he knew why, he found out what was holding him back. So when you dare to dream, here's a real key to make this step work. And hear me on this. When you have that dream that's way too big, if you want to put like a supercharged turbo in this to get you towards accomplishing that or to make it happen, to get the spirit world to cooperate with you, include generosity and helping others in your big dream. Wow. So instead of just being greedy, I saying, I want to have a beach house and have my butlers serve me margaritas and everything else, dare to dream and include generosity. Wow. This will make a huge difference in your life, brothers and sisters. I can only tell you. I can tell you from experience. And just make sure that your dream aligns with the good spirit of money. Step number four is believe and have a mindset of belief. If you do not believe, you'll never get there. In fact, when, when I hear someone say the word try, and I still occasionally slip up and use it as well. When someone says try, what they're really saying is, I know I can't do it but I'm gonna try to do it. So even though I know I can't do it, I'm gonna attempt to do it and waste time and then just fail. Where you probably, if you have to try, you should just not start. You're either going to do or you won't. And if you go towards that goal, whatever it is, 
and you don't make it. Maybe you made it halfway and, you know, something else came up in life and you went a different way. It might end up better for you. Excuse me. So to believe or to have that mindset to get there, you really have to have faith in something bigger than you. If you think that you are God, then the spirit of the universe or whatever you want to claim to be deity out there is not going to help you. Unless you sell out to mammon. Mammon will help you, but you really have to be evil and love money. And there's a lot of people in the world that do that. So have faith in something bigger than you. And don't overcomplicate it. Don't, well, what, how could there be a God? How could I believe in God if, uh, well, who made God? Don't, these are things that you're never going to figure out. Don't try. <laughs> See how I did that? That was kind of clever. And one of the things is, when you don't overcomplicate it, it just makes it so much easier. Because there, there's so many distractions in life, and is that distraction getting you towards going to that huge goal that you're dreaming of? No. So communicate the desires and dreams of your heart. Tell people what you want to do. But I say this with extreme caution, so I'm gonna snap my fingers and make sure you hear this part. If someone does not want you to succeed, by the way, that could be your friends, that could be your family. They don't want you to succeed because they don't think that they will ever succeed in their goals. And there's that saying, misery loves company. You might think that these people love you, but they might not want you to succeed. So only communicate this with people who, are, who either believe in your dream or are going and pursuing their dreams as well. They're on the same vibrational wavelength as you are. So communicate with those people because you're gonna need people to have your back and to encourage you because it's always a tough journey. Nothing worthwhile comes super easy. Now, having said that, we talked about the trouble in starting. One of the things that stops people from starting is fear. And just on the wall in my office, I'm looking right now, uh, I've got a big sign that says, fear is an emotion, not a stop sign. Really huge. Fear is not good. It doesn't come from a good place. Yes, you should be scared to, you know, <laughs> jump off a cliff that's a thousand feet high or something like that. That's just common sense. But most times, most fears in your head are made up or someone else has told you to be afraid of something and it really doesn't make sense. Think logically. If you're afraid because you have a weakness in a certain area, well, weaknesses can be overcome. And sometimes they can just be really overcome by delegation. In my book, Affinity to Affluence, I talk about uh, procrastination. And I say, I make a bold statement, I should actually read it, but I'm just gonna give you uh, verbatim. Uh, procrastination is a gift from God. Okay, that might sound a little bit off the wall, 
But procrastination, in my opinion, is God's way of telling me what I should and should not do. Those things I procrastinate long enough, I really should delegate to someone else. And uh, that's just the way I look at things. And, and one of the things you can do in your Believe in Mindset is you just continuously learn. Stop watching the TV. Stop listening to all the programming that the world is putting out there that's trying to hold you down. Continuous learning. And the very last thing. I spoke just a little bit brief statement earlier in this podcast about uh, you know, the secret kind of name it and claim it and stuff like that. But I actually know that some of this law of attraction sort of thing works. Although I call mine the advanced law of attraction and I have a teaching that goes with it that tells you how it works, which is called the God module. I'm not going to get into all of that today, but here is the way to attract ethical money. You must embrace opportunity. If you're just at home all the time and you're not out and about in the world, opportunity is not going to come your way. You need to get out there and be able to see things. And then when opportunity comes, embrace it. And one of the key ways to embrace opportunity is to be a producer and not a consumer. So in other words, don't just be the person buying all the time, be the person producing something. It's assets and debits, my friends. Get more assets, have less debits. So be a producer, not a consumer. Create solutions and provide for wants and needs. Deliver value first and get compensation second. And lastly, love what you do. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little talk on the spirit of money. Of course, the next ones I'm going to get into are going to be a little bit more about banking and the practical things in life. But I just wanted to give you this big overview. And if you think about money in the spiritual terms, remember money is created in the spirit and then it comes into the physical. That's the way it works. And trust me, that's how the fractional banking system works. I can't wait to get into that. And you get into the new economies that we can do. So I want to thank you for listening. Again, please like, share, and subscribe. This is a bit different from the other programs I've done, I know, but I want to give some good stuff to you too, not just all the uh, little bit of shocking stuff that's out there uh, revealing the, the real world. But we also have to live right. So that's what this one was about. Thank you again. Like, subscribe, share, and just don't forget, love your God. Love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.